Hi, my name is Yasmin, and welcome to Heart to Heart, a podcast by my mission-driven enterprise, Pause. Healing, mindfulness, and awareness lie at the core of what we do. In this podcast, I sit down with compassionate individuals to discuss mindful, loving, and reflective ways to help you live a healthier life while improving your relationships. Pause is paving a new pathway to cultivate self-awareness for individuals to embody their highest potential through love. Take a deep breath. Ben, thank you so much for joining us um, in on Heart to Heart, um, the podcast by Pause. How are you? I'm good, thanks, Yasmin. Thank you very much for having me. Happy New Year! It's uh, yeah, can't believe it's the start of 2022. Positive and excited to take on what 2022 has in store for us. A bit scary at the same time because 2021 and 2020 was a bit rough. But hey, like they say, I know it's a bit cliche. Stay positive, and positive things will come to you. Absolutely. And um, so, Ben, I know that, you know, you're an MC and you're also the founder and host of Great People TV. Um, and you have amazing guests on your show. I think the most recent one, one of the more recent ones was Amdatin Paduka Marina Mahadir. And that was very interesting. Um, she was talking about her book, if I'm not mistaken. So, yes, you have great guests on, on Great People TV. But one, one thing I really um, was in, particularly interested in was your role as a mental toughness trainer. Um, you know, if I understand correctly, you work with the mental strength and mental resilience of sports people. And that's very interesting, which I hope um, we get to learn more about in this, in this chat with you. Um, so... You know, first of all, I would just like to reiterate what PAUSE does. And um, so at PAUSE, um, healing, uh, mindfulness and awareness lie at the core of what we do. So as a young adult, I faced a few challenges that led me to discovering healing modalities, um, such as being mindful and meditation, um, creative writing, all of which helped me get through my, my challenges. And when I found it pause, I wanted to share that with, with people, as I know, especially in an Asian community that is, you know, healing is not something that people really think about or talk about. Uh, mental health is not something that, you know, we discuss often, but everybody has mental health, just like how we all have our physical health. And so, um, really excited to hear what you have to say about, about, about these things. Um, so Ben, right off the bat, <laughs> you know, in our, in our previous chat we had, in an earlier chat we had, um, we, you know, you told me that you have faced personal challenges in life. Yeah. Um, you mentioned one happening last year, if I'm not mistaken. I mean, I think a lot of people went through difficulties um, when COVID hit. Um, but, you know, um, it's not really something that we talk about for many reasons, culturally and so on. Um, but if, you know, you don't mind sharing, what was it that was particularly challenging for you and what got you through what helped you through it and how did you know you were going through a hard time as well right because people don't really know when they are experiencing something that's particularly challenging or if they're struggling so what was it that you went through and how did you overcome it yeah no good question um, yeah i'm very open about this uh yeah i, I mean i've been very I can't believe I'm saying this, but I've been very fortunate 
that I've been depressed twice in my life before. So you have that to call back on in terms of historical reference. So I didn't think I was down last year. I think I and many or many of my friends and other people out there, kita takut that tak boleh cari makan lah. Because we, I mean, income stopped. Income stopped. I mean, I've been the luckiest guy in the world ever since I crossed over to this industry 16 years ago from a corporate job that I had, office job that I had, that selalu ada rezeki. That, I, mm. that whether it was just a small MC job, a big MC job, a small voiceover job, a big voiceover job, uh, a, a, a small copywriting job. There was, you know, there was always something there. So, Alhamdulillah, there was always some money and God bless, there was always some money coming in. Uh, not a lot of money, but I mean, and my, my mantra is not about money. My mantra is about enjoying your job, having that million dollar job. Not, not having a job that makes a million dollars. That's my mantra and my personal mantra alone. Mm-hmm. And But that all stopped. That all stopped. And all of a sudden, things that I can rely on stopped. And I, don't forget, I my wife is not working. She was studying at the time. She mm-hmm. was studying a diploma in childhood education. She wanted she, her, her journey is to become a teacher. This is her second qualification in her life. Mm-hmm. And, and like, so she came up to me and said, Let's, let me stop the qualification and get a job. I said, nope. I don't care if I have to sell my left arm, you are mm-hmm. finishing that course because we have sacrificed way too much. Well, I, I mean, for, for you to be there, you work so hard. I hustle like nuts to get the money, even though we were struggling at that time because mm-hmm. the economy was quite bad. But I said, do it, please finish it. Always finish what you started. And I want to tell the children straight in the eye, always finish what you started. We have two young children. So that aside, sorry if I'm digressing a bit, you know, that all the money stopped coming in. There was no income. I had nothing, you know. Fortunately, I drive a MyVe and not a Ferrari, and I'm not that type of person that likes fancy cars. I just like zero debt on the credit card and zero debt mm-hmm. in general. So, yeah, I had to dig into savings and really, really use that savings. That savings was supposed to help pay the children's university education one day, but instead it's you know, used for survival money, you know, mm-hmm. and yeah, I had great, I also had great help from my family, my my brother, mm-hmm. who was working in Singapore, he was going to kill me for saying this, but, um, but I, he's, he's my younger brother, nine years, my junior, and I've right. that for, he's not married, but he's got a really good job in Singapore, and he said, Abang Ben, are you okay? I said, no, Hisham, I'm struggling a bit, but I'm going to try something tomorrow that will hopefully make me some money, and then, like, he just sent and he earns in US dollars. Yeah. And he thinks, I mean, he thinks I didn't know that, but I, I, mean, I, I didn't, but I didn't ask. And then he said, okay, I'll, and then lo and behold, he sent me some money in the bank the next day. And I told him, Hisham, I said, I can't accept this. He said, yeah, well, Ben, look, I'm single. Your children are like my children, yeah. you know? So I said, you know, I said, you've always helped me out. Let me help you out. I said, I told him this is a loan. All right, mate, this is a little one. I've never asked money for him, anybody. I'm going to pay you back. And then he just kept quiet and said, yeah, whatever, dude. <laughs> so it's things like that that got me like to think, okay, um, you know, and my father did say to us during the COVID, he said, you know, Alhamdulillah, God bless, you know, we may, things may be crap and shit, excuse the language, but, you know, we can still come together and eat a meal which is better than what most people have every day. And like, you know what, um, you know, near our house, there's a bridge and that bridge has a few, sorry to use this word, beggars mm. who come up to us and knock on our door window when we're driving to the supermarket to ask us for money and food. In non-COVID times, I would give them three bucks, two bucks, five bucks, 10 bucks here and there. But I couldn't, I couldn't wind down the window to give them the money. I just didn't know where they've been because of COVID. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, I told the children every day, you see, that's why you work hard in life. That's why you save. That's why you do this. That's why data hustles, whatever you want to call it. So yeah, it was to answer your question. I'm so sorry if I was long-winded about it. Not at but all. That was what we I faced, but it wasn't so bad as it seemed because I've been through it twice before in a different, for lack of a better word, genre. So that kept me calm and focused in that sense. Yeah. You know, when you mentioned family support, you know, from your brother and um, the kind of support that you gave your wife as well, you know, encouraging her or rather not discouraging her to um, forego her studies. 
um, you know, that reminded me of my journey as a young 20, 20 year old and totally lost, totally had no idea what I was doing, getting myself into a lot of mess as well. By mess, I mean big, big messes. And something I realized I had after all that craziness was I had the support of my parents. And they were there, they were so hands-on. They were so concerned about what I was doing with my life. And, you know, at that time, you, I did not, you know, as a young person, you don't know like these things, you don't realize these things. You're not aware of just how helpful the, a, a great support system can be like to your, to your well-being. Or, exactly. yeah, you could have, I could have derailed, you know, you, you could have um, derailed if, if your brother had not stepped in. And it's not like you asked for this as well. You didn't ask for the help. I definitely did not ask for the help. But then, you know, certain individuals were there to just ease that process um, for you. And so the support of my parents were really important. Um, the fact that, you know, they were just always there. They could have easily like gone, okay lah, you gone case, you know, take, take care of yourself. You know, you're a big girl, you can take care of yourself. They did not do that. They instead devised all sorts of strategies to make sure I was okay. So, you know, the support of family or the support of loved ones is so essential during tough times, at least that is what resonates with me. And that is what I see happening to other individuals as well. Like sometimes, not sometimes, many times, what gets people back on track is that support from their loved ones. So my question then, right, is, you know, you have two um, children and, um, you know, um, so I'm sure you know the importance of like, you know, talk, communicating with, with, with your children and teaching them good values and things. So what do you think we can do to encourage, you know, families to you know, open up a bit more or be, be, be more supportive of each other? Because we, you know, we see the disintegration of, of family units, um, especially in urban urban societies, like people are just not as close anymore and, and things like that. So, you know, and I think it's important. It's important to always support each other, especially when you're when you're living in a very a very fast-paced, busy life. You still want to have very strong family um, foundations. So what do you think as a father, as a husband, um, can we do to encourage families to be closer and more loving towards one another and more supportive? Well, good question. And I probably must be psychic because I tried to answer that last night over dinner. And like last night, just to uh -huh. share, just elaborate to answer the question. Yeah. You know, I mean, I'm I'm 44. No, sorry, 44 in October this year. My wife is 37 this year, 36 right now. So I always say it's a joke, but it's true. You know, we live, we are from two different generations. You know, like my generation was, I mean, there was a bit of overlap there, but my generation was encyclopedia, get the bus, put coins in the phone box to call whoever, mm -hmm. whereas her generation was a little bit different. You know, like they had a bit more technology, was a bit more on their side. Mm -hmm. Yeah, internet was on the uh, just came on to the market, and had they have made their lives easier. No e-banking though. <laughs> so one thing that um that drives me bananas, and I'm guilty. I'm super guilty of it. Is just this, you know. Even though this machine has made our lives easier, it's also made our lives more disconnected. You know, we don't talk to each other. You know, we were we're always obsessed about the app, the phone. You know, my, my son who loves to play cars and toy cars ever since I bought Sophia a Nintendo as a, as a gift, was it last year? Because she was helping me with great people TV a lot. <laughs> and like, instead of like 
okay, like I'm glad that you know the, the, the video games has made everybody happy, but at the same time, my son is obsessed with it. He's obsessed with the video games. He wants to play the games. That's all he cares about. He doesn't play with his cars anymore. He says, car, what happened to your cars? What happened to your planes? What happened to your this and that? Oh, I still like it, Dada. I said, not really. So last night I just said, all right, let's take the, we have this game called the memory game where you can open the card. So if you see a bird in a bird, that's one pair of birds. So you win, you win that round. Mm. My children destroy me in that, by the way, they're very good at it. Okay. So that, that goes to show you their short-term memory is outstanding, which is always <laughs> nice to see the dad. So last night we went to a night, I mean, a decent pizza restaurant uh, in our, just in the near our house. My wife wasn't feeling so well. She had a massive headache. So I just told her, okay, well, why don't you just stay home and rest? I'll just take the children with me. We'll just eat a simple soup and pizza. But we brought the game. Right. We were, when we were playing the memory game, everybody was looking at us like we were weird and strange, you know, but in a nice positive way. And then like, you know, we were talking to each other. We were communicating. We were saying, good job. We were getting competitive. We were saying, well, the children were saying nasty things to each other because it got competitive. <laughs> But that's okay. I mean, it was fun, you know, and I thoroughly enjoyed that more than any phone or app or Nintendo conversation there is out there. So I think what I learned last night is that moments like that bring you together. I mean, my generation was Monopoly. Some people, some families are Mahjong and Jinrami. I don't know what it is, whatever, you know, to each their own, um, you know. Yeah, I mean, so I, I suppose finding that old school, I don't like to call it old school, but old school, uh, that old school thing that brings people together, you throw away the technology, you know, I'll be honest with you. I, I mean, even though society is wonderful, I mean, wonderful with tech and everything like that, I wish sometimes it, we were not so technologically advanced because I miss going to the library. Mm -hmm. I can't teach my children that value. I mean, mm -hmm. you can, but you can't, if you know what I mean, because everything's mm -hmm. on Uncle Google and mm -hmm. Auntie Yahoo, whatever, whatever, you know? So, yeah, I mean, you don't go to the library. You don't li listen to CD-ROMs. You know, you don't open books anymore. You want to buy a book. Everybody's, and like, books are now on, you can buy an, an e-book, you know? You know, whatever happened to creasing that chapter and, you know, or putting a bookmark in there or whatever, you know, Absolutely. those kind of things I miss, you know, I mean, I wish there was no YouTube to be very honest with you sometimes, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, nothing, I mean, my memory of growing up was my mother saying, hey, let's watch Airwolf, let's watch Blue Thunder, I mean, you know, I'm showing my age a bit, you know, <laughs> let's watch TJ Hooker, uh, 8.30 after primetime news, and I would lie down next to her and watch it. And, you know, that's a great memory that I have, you know, and if it was a Saturday night, that was popcorn or, you know, on, uh, or chumpada or pisang or whatever, you know, it was just great. You know, no distractions, uh, no ting, 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 WhatsApp coming in, you know, but right now people's lives are dictated by that thing, you know, and I feel for their moms and dads who work a long, hard day at a bank or a corporation. They want to come home and have a meal with their child, but they can't because their mind is on, is being dictated by a thing. You know, yeah. so yeah, that's that's my view on that, and I hope to do more of that. And I'm guilty. I'm guilty. I'm guilty as charged on most counts. So um, if you want to call me double standard, go ahead. But I'm trying to throw away the tech and bring back the board games. I love that you mentioned that. I mean, you know, the fact that you are self-aware. I think that's good enough. I mean, it's a start. You know, noticing that there's room for improvement, so to speak. All but um, yeah. that's great, you know, most don't even get there. So I think it's great that you have that awareness that you know, there, there's, there, there are things that we can do to improve family life. And I love that you mentioned technology and removing or kind of reducing the amount of time we use technology. And like you said, technology can be amazing. Um, it can be, uh, it can, it can connect as well as disconnect. And I think everyone or a lot of people are kind of finding that balance. I know I have deleted my Instagram account like countless times. Um, I remember as a young, you know, as a young 20, as a 
in my early 20s, I was constantly creating, deleting, creating, deleting my Instagram account because it can be very overwhelming. I'm a sensitive person. And so when I open my Instagram account and I see all this content and there's content everywhere all the time, it can be very overwhelming for my senses. And so, yeah, technology can be good for you. It cannot be too good for you. But what I have done, which I will share, is that I have been I'm using technology more mindfully I'm I'm following only accounts that inspire me I'm only following accounts that lift me up as opposed to accounts that kind of make my mind go like what the heck did I just watch or like what the heck did I just read so that is one way I'm managing um, my social media usage Um, but anyways going back to how you spend your time with your kids you know, I did a course um, uh, a while back about the science of happiness from UC Berkeley. And it was an online course, but I learned so much from that, from that course. And one of the things was how fun and games can improve our well-being, you know, and and when we, and, you know, like you said, like just, just, just laughing together, it actually improves our happiness. It makes us happier people. It creates these memories for your children as well that they can kind of go back to when they're, you know, maybe not feeling too good. And they're like, oh, you know, I remember that time at the at the restaurant with, with dad and it was such a fun time. You know, it, it makes people more resilient when they have good memories like that. Um, and you know, when you mentioned that, I remembered how as a kid, I used to play chongka with my grandma. I would go to her house every weekend, my chongka, right? And that was all that we did. Um, and it was such a good laugh. But now, unfortunately, when we go to my grandma's place, everyone's on their phones. <laughs> or yeah. maybe playing PUBG on their phones, you know, kind of together, but not really. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you loud and clear. It's, sadly, that's just how it's gotten. And it's no good, right? I mean, not to judge people who um, are used to it, but then the reality is, is that it is reducing our happiness. It is disconnecting us from connections that matter, um, such as our family, our friends. Um, It is definitely reducing the amount of meaningful time we can, that we spend uh, with each other as well. And so, yeah fun and games totally um necessary to improve our well-being and um you know i love how you mentioned how our fast-paced life is totally getting to us you know parents come home um thinking about work um distracted by their emails i mean i get distracted by my emails now too you know and i'm constantly thinking about my work and i remember yesterday i was talking to a friend and we're like oh no it's Sunday tomorrow is Monday I'm thinking about work already and yeah so the life that we live today is so busy so fast-paced it's so capitalist um we're just so busy 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 and that was also why you know I found it pause it's to just serve as a reminder to everyone that it is really important um, to be mindful of how we spend our time in a very, very busy world. And um, just being aware of it is enough. Like you're not being asked to change your life completely. You're not being asked to turn your life around and make it and like, live in the mountains or kapa. No, it's about being mindful about how you do spend your time. Um, slowing down a little bit, turning off notifications on your phone. Like that's what I did. I turned off my notifications to my emails. Um, I don't get Instagram notifications. I don't get notifications when people like my photos or message me on Instagram and things like that. So just, yeah, just being mindful to what's getting your attention and creating kind of like a strategy around around that so your attention is not being pulled in a hundred directions because you know being present is key to resilience and 
and and and being healthy, like mentally healthy, emotionally healthy. Agreed. Agreed. Um, you know, Ben. Speaking of self awareness, or speaking of awareness, um, what does that? You know, I'm just curious to know on a day-to-day basis, right? As a father, as a husband, um, as someone who who does so many things for work, um, what does awareness look like to you? Like, do you have a, a particular routine that kind of keeps you grounded that you do um, to, yeah, to be more aware of how you're feeling or what you're thinking? Well, it's a good word. And I hate to say this, I don't have any research to prove it. I will do a PhD on it one day, whether it's for professional reasons or personal reasons. But I was always taught the values. And when I say this, I mean, when I say I was always taught the values, it's not so much about, you know, my mom and dad, but I went to a boarding school when I was younger. And this boarding school had very good values. And uh, I mean, you take, I always say life is about leaves. You take leaves out of, certain places and you, amal- you amalgamate it to become yours. You know, take a leaf out of his book, take a leaf out of that book, take a leaf out of that book, you know? And could be Asian, could be Western, could be African, could be South American, could be from the Antarctic, God knows. So I always like the word accountability, standing accountable for what you've done, you know, knowing the repercussions. Uh, someone once told me is that you take the fame, but you take the blame and accountability. Unfortunately, in life, when I first came back after studies, not many people subscribe to that notion, This, regardless of their skin color. Yeah? Some people say, oh, it's a Malaysian thing. I say, no, not really. Okay, no, not really. I say it's in, every, it's in every culture thing, but some cultures are worse than others, okay? But um, yeah, accountability is like being aware that, because you might, I mean, we're, we're a sensitive culture, Malaysia. There's religion, there's language, there's food. Mm. there's schools there's um, god knows the list is as long as my laundry you know so like (laughs) so like you know everything it's very easy to to make someone angry you know to to sorry to use these words to piss them off it's it's very easy you know so like like you know so like Okay, so uh, you know someone. I mean, and, and you always hear the 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 kampung story. Oh, he got angry at me. He's got sensitive at me. This, that, and the other. I said, whoa, 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 children, or children, as some people would say. So just chill out and relax. I said, what happened? You know, I said, oh, this, that, and the other. I said, well, look, maybe you said something insensitive. Well, I didn't mean it that way. And the most defensive mechanism is like, well, I was. It was just a joke. I said, can I swear on this show a little bit, or not really? Yes, sure. I said, I said no. That, you said, you, bullshit, that was a joke. Right. You meant it. Okay? Yeah. Maybe not directly, but or you were trying to cushion it or whatever, but that's BS. You meant it some in some shape or form. If not, you wouldn't have said it. Okay? So, anyway, you said it. If you didn't mean it, you didn't mean it. Whatever. If you meant a different meaning, you meant a different meaning. How many times do we hear in, in working life or everyday life, miscommunication? Why did you miscommunicate? How hard is it to communicate? Mm-hmm. You know, so I always say like, okay, okay, you miscommunicated. Just say you're sorry. I apologize. How difficult is that? But it's like the song says, there was a song that said, sorry seems to be the hardest word. <laughs> I, I think that is that. Everybody's got a huge chip on their shoulder in life that is so difficult to say, sorry. I teach my children and say, look, you messed up, didn't you? I said, you didn't clean that, you didn't clean that, you didn't do your homework, right? Yeah. But I, I don't blame them. I said, who owns this? Who owns this? They said, it's on me, Dada. I own it. I said, yeah, you own it. I mean, if you got 100% for that test, you own that. That's your fame. But if you got 50% because you were lazy or whatever, you didn't do the work, you own that too. That's on you. Mm-hmm. You know? So in terms of... My, I mean, awareness and mindfulness, I, I think no disrespect to the psychologists and the mental health workers out there. Those words are quite cliched at the moment. I mean, it's, it's been used very, very frequently in that sense, you know. And But what I find is that people are not aware of what they're, I mean, people are not aware about 
what the repercussions are. And if there is a repercussion that comes back at you and hits you in the face, just say sorry. Just say thank you. Just say please. Just say you're welcome. Those are four simple words that I hope, I know all parents didn't teach that. Maybe they were too busy. Maybe they weren't taught that by their parents or their grandparents. But the greatest lesson my mother and father ever told me, always say please, always say thank you, always say you're welcome, always say hello and salam, you know? And those kind of things are great for relationship building and working with people and all of the above. Sorry if I go, if I'm going on and on about this, I feel very strongly about this because it really, really annoys the you know what out of me when I meet someone and you know we stand accountable for each other. I mean, like I put in some frameworks and say, look, this is the professional boundaries that we're going to operate on, you know, bang, bang, bang. I said, well, why are you being so square about it? Why are you being such a lawyer about it? Are you a lawyer? I said, no, I'm not a lawyer. But I just want to be accountable for what I expect, what I expect to give you as an MC, as a TV presenter, as a host, as a teacher. My three favorite words: MOE, not Ministry of Education, but Management of Expectations. What expectation do you have? What expectation do I have? Let's marry those expectations together formally, so there is no miscommunication, and everybody is accountable for what they've done. They're going, they're done, or they're going to do. All right. So, and. I'm sorry to say this, most people don't have that for whatever reason. And I always tell my children, yes, I teach you that, but be careful. People will use that against you that you are the type to say sorry. So defend your ground. Mm -hmm. There was a great basketball saying once called defend the land. Okay, defend your land, defend yourself, not in an aggressive way, in a very factual way. Mm -hmm. am, I, am, I, am I making sense? Yes, yes, absolutely. You're, yeah. you're mentioning a lot of big important concepts here communication accountability you know um accountability get being accountable accountability was huge for my personal growth you know when i was um 25 i real i still remember sitting in my in my room and thinking where the hell am i going where am i going with this like what what have my actions where have my actions led me Two, I'm not where I want to be. I feel like I have potential, but I don't think I'm getting there, you know? So accountability was huge, but it was also, it required a lot of humility as well. And it required admitting that I hurt people, that I hurt my parents, that I uh, made some mistakes that hurt my parents, that hurt probably my siblings as well. And but that's the thing. That's what being accountable means. Admitting that you made mistakes. And we don't, and my dad likes to say this, we don't live on an island. You know, he loves saying that. We don't live on an island. What you do will have repercussions. It might hurt someone else. It might impact someone else. And so just admitting that, okay, I did something and it hurt you. Okay. I mean, you don't have to take 100% of the blame all the time. That's no, not what being no, accountable means. No. No, but like, you know, like you said, I mean, sorry to interrupt you there, Yasmin, but it is about being humility and then the humbleness and accountability, they go hand in hand. You know, they, they, they do go hand in hand and just, it, it doesn't, I don't know. I, I don't know what it is. I mean, I, I learned, I, I never like to blame the blame, the blame game. A very famous sportsman once said, which resonates well with me because I am a sportsman. You blame yourself first and others not at all, <clears throat> okay? Yep, okay, even though it could be someone else's fault, how did we land to that situation? I'm sure you contributed to that puzzle as well. So yeah, it's, it, it, it's, it's on me, you know? And, you know, my mother always says to me sometimes, you blame yourself too much. You know, I said, I, I just said, well, you know, what do you expect me to do, blame other people and be a childish idiot? I said, that's not what I'm all about, okay? So, you know, like I said, you raised me a lot better than that. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stand by that. But one thing I just want to add, you know, and I'm going to probably insult a few people at the same time here, but I'm not going to mention their names. It's really funny how the world works, you know, that we, our parents, mom and dads, mama, papa, you know, push us until breaking point, their breaking point to get an education. It's the educated people sometimes, more often than not, they can't say please, thank you, and you're welcome. And they've got a big chip on their shoulder just because they're chief medical officer, chief this, chief that, and all that. I said, look, that's great, you know. 
I mean, I respect you for the white coat that you wear. I respect you for the title on your business card, but that's not who you are. Are you telling me you wear the white coat to sleep? Are you telling me you're, you know, uh, Captain Jurisprudence, uh, you know, when you're sleeping at night? Or are you telling me you're, you know, the, uh, you're, you're, you're a magnificent CEO all, all day long? You know, you're going to play statistical games and, uh, you know, statistical strategy charts with your children when you come home? No, that's just a part of who you do, of who you are. So, I mean, what's so bad about, look, you're human. You got to become a CEO, a chief medical officer, a chief jurisprudence, jurisprudence officer, because you made a ton of mistakes. Mistakes make us better, better professionals, whether you like to admit it or not, whether people like to admit it or not. So yeah, I learned by making a ton of mistakes. As, as I told you off air, like Great People TV, you asked me, how's it going? I said, yeah, we made some mistakes, but those mistakes were good because it helped us learn, okay, how to do things better. And right now we're in a better position for it. And we're looking for always to be in a better position for it. That's what startups do. That's what entrepreneurs do. That's what mm -hmm. CEOs do. That's what mm -hmm. good CEOs do. So it's really funny when, you know, I used to work in a corporate company and I'm not going to mention that company <laughs> with you right now, but it's really funny. All these big uh, professionals come in and say, oh, I'm open-minded. No, you're not. Not at all. You just like lecture and give us some old grandma talk. My door is always open. No, you're not. Come up to me with anything. Really? I'll send you a WhatsApp. Two ticks are ticked. I didn't get any response. You know? Yeah, sure, sure, sure. Let, 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 let. So it's, it's really, I mean, you know, maybe someone might be listening to this and say, oh, Uncle Ben's going off again or whatever. I said, no, I'm not. You know? It's just really, I mean, the Ritz-Carlton said it the best. You know, ladies and gentlemen working with ladies and gentlemen. Is ladies and gentlemen working with ladies and gentlemen out there? Question mark. I'll end it there. Mm. No, I love that. And I love how you mentioned, like, you know, about sensitivity and how when people, when you hurt someone, they go, and when you tell somebody, oh, that was not very nice, they go, why are you so sensitive? Or, oh, I didn't mean to say that. And that resonates deeply with me because growing up, I was told I was quite sensitive. I was told, oh, you're being too sensitive about things or, or you know, lighten up or I didn't mean to hurt you or, or in things like that. And that's a very pervasive thing. It's not just in Asian communities as well. I spoke to um, a Buddhist monk a few weeks ago and he said that in his and he was from the UK. He grew up in the UK. And he said, growing up, we hear that a lot. You know, people are very sarcastic about your emotions. Or um, you get told that you are, again, too sensitive. And so that really resonated with me, um, what you said about, about, about being too sensitive. To me, it is just poor, poor behavior. Um, which needs to be changed. It is absolutely wrong. It's just, you know, there's, yeah, there's no gray area here. You know, you don't dismiss people's feelings. You don't tell people. Agree. 100%. Yeah, 100%. But it's not right. Yeah. And you know, and you know what? I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make some enemies by saying this. It's really, this is the reason, like, no, I shouldn't say this because like, yeah, I mean, you know, when we, we Malaysians, we love, we, a lot of our things are being taught at school. You know, I mean, everything's about school, you know, the school said this, okay, teacher said this, okay, we follow, we follow, we follow. I question what I, and I won't say that the, the, the school, but I question what type of values are being taught at these schools. You know, can't even say hello, can't even say thank you, they can't even say I'm sorry. You know, so it's a divisive, I think it's quite divisive. I remember just a very I'm not, I'm not, I'm not criticizing, I'm yeah. asking the question because I'm not a student at school, I'm not a school teacher, I'm a college teacher. And I will I, as a college teacher, I face what the SPM system is producing. Okay, I mean, one of my jobs is I, I lecture in HR and I lecture in communications and leadership with certain colleges part time and at diploma level and degree level. And I, when I see these students, they walk in, they can't even apologize. 
I'm late. Sorry, Ben, I'm late. Sorry, sir, I'm late. I said, don't call me sir. I said, okay. Uh, they just sit down. Like, it's like, what were you taught? <laughs> you know? You know? And then like, so, yeah, I mean, and I, I really question that. I really question. That's, that's why I said, back to my earlier point, I wish the technology was gone. So the mm. communication, and I'm mm. pointing to my mouth right now, the communication is there. The communication is there to guide the young boys and girls to say, please, thank you, you're welcome, and hello. But it does go back to education, actually. It, it, I'm big on, on that as well. You know, I, I, I would criticize the, the education system. Um, it is impacting a lot of young, young, young kids, and and you wonder, you know, when you when they go when they study abroad, if they study abroad, you know, if they start when they start working, how are they going to? What kind of individual are they going to be when they don't even know the basics? And exactly, this is creating a generation. You know, you you are really educating a whole generation, and I mean, you're doing that every, you know every five years or yeah or so and so on but it is schools play a major role in this i'm a big believer in that that's where there's that is where kids spend most of their time you know on a daily basis they talk to friends um they you know they learn from teachers this and that and so schools play a major role in shaping children or you know the generation future generation so teaching kids how to communicate how to articulate their thoughts how to how to be polite or kind you know teaching them compassion and empathy uh, of course parents parents have a role in that as well right as you have mentioned you sure. You communicate sure. with your children. You tell you know you you dis, you tell them you you teach them how to apologize, how to be accountable, how to be accountable mainly, um, and yeah, to say sorry when 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 you've done something wrong. So parents play a role, but parents are not at schools, you know, for the seven hours that they're there or how many hours that they're there. So schools play a major role in in shaping children's minds, and exactly, exactly. Not many good options in Malaysia, if I may say so. Not too sure if I should be saying no, that. I don't, right? I don't want to. I don't want to criticize the anybody because it's sensitive, like the local school system and everything like that. But I, I ask that question every year that I am teaching, and I've taught on the academic part time level for since two thousand eight. Okay, and this is something I don't publicize uh, highly on my Instagram or my social media. It's not. I'm very proud to be a teacher because. To be a teacher is the same thing as being a TV presenter. It's just one has a camera, one doesn't. That's the way I look at it. So, mm -hmm. but I always question, and I enjoy teaching. I do. I'm very. I'm, I. I really enjoy. I'm not really fussed about the talented students. I'm more worried about the, the students who are struggling, and I'm in helping them, helping them get from forty percent to sixty percent, or thirty percent to fifty percent. That's what I'm passionate about. And but whenever whether they're a 50% student or a 30% student or a 90% student or a 100% student, I always question why don't they have the basic manners and communication skills? I mean, you mentioned something about being articulate, Yasmin. Yep, being articulate is great. Being articulate takes time. It does. Mm -hmm. Take it from me as a, as a presenter for a long, long time. My articulation skills were absolutely horrible once upon a time. So, but I got better. I got better by making mistakes. And, but one thing that I believe is the fundamentals and the foundations of being articulate is relationship building. How do you relationship build? Hello, thank yes. you, I'm sorry, you're welcome. Trust me, when you say I'm sorry or thank you or hello to someone, you're gonna make them smile. To a certain degree, you're gonna make them smile. You're gonna make them feel comfortable, okay? So that, then you go to the articulation phase. Okay, I made them smile, I've got their trust. Then you can figure out how to articulate and say what you wanna say, and that takes time. But the basics is those fundamental manners, which I see, which I see is severely lacking. Severely. And Sorry, I just I'm wanna going, going a bit nuts here. <laughs> <laughs> Not at all. I just want to build on that. Like a lot of um, times, you know, you would think these 
things were simpy. And by that, I'm not too sure if you're familiar with the word, but it's like... Oh, yeah? Okay, there you go. Like, it's oh, it's so simpy. And um, I remember when I spoke to my cousin about launching my course, Unravel, um, you know, I asked him, so what do your friends think about mental health and, you know, therapy and things? And he point blank said to me, like, softy lah, you know, softy lah, benda tu. And it's a very pervasive mindset oh, that these things are simpy. Why should I say hello? Why should I say thank you? Can't you take care of your own feelings? It, there's this mindset, but it's horrible. Wow. It makes it makes zero sense. We are all humans. We all have built in. We're all built to feel. And we, again, like you said, relationship building, it is core it is a core aspect of being human and the course that i mentioned earlier science of happiness it talked about how we are biologically built and required to have good how do i say our happiness depends a lot on our relationships and that's hardwired into humans so if we have crappy relationships around us we are going to feel crappy and, you know, if people are rude to us often, we're going to feel crappy. And so we are, and that's just how humans are built. God built us that way. And so we cannot run away from that. And so people talk about depression and anxiety, and then they blame people for having depression and anxiety. But I'm like, you should mirror yourself. How are you contributing to this situation? How is your how are your mannerisms and your language contributing to this hostile environment that people live in? Yeah, yeah. No, well said. Well said. Um, yeah, the mindset out there by some people is quite shocking. I wouldn't say ridiculous. You know, it's again, I remember, I mean, when I interviewed a, a very famous footballer called John Barnes last year, he yeah, said. I saw that. You know, and he's from Liverpool, you know, the mighty Liverpool that won almost everything back then. He said, back then there was nobody who's going to put an arm around your shoulder, Ben. You know, yeah. nobody's going to say, people would say, suck it up with a British, stiff British upper lip. You know, you would understand yeah. that. You studied in six, you would know. So like, you know, but, you know, now, you know, people, it's really funny. Do, do people expect would they accept that arm around their shoulder? Do they expect the arm around their shoulder? Or is that arm around their shoulder an excuse? Mm. You know, it's funny. It's funny how people are these days. People are a lot smarter than what they were in the 80s. But yeah, it's just, it's, it's just really funny. And I, I don't mean to be cynical, but it's just, you know, I've dealt with a lot of people. I mean, my job is about people. My jobs are about people. And, you know, people are very, very strange and funny that way. But um, you know, and it's it's usually the women who are more sympathetic to to men than this, and you can't always have it that way. Us guys have to step up and you know stop saying grow up here or you know be a man, be tough and all that macho macho stuff. I mean, I I use it with my son all the time. Come on, we gotta be tough. You know, TM he he coined the phrase yesterday. TM tough man, and he coined that, not me. I said, look, you want to be the tough man? Yeah, I want you to be the strong man. But I always tell him, and I learned this from experience, if you want to cry, go ahead. But cry about the right things. Don't cry about something that's really, you know, like spill the glass of water or whatever. Cry because, you know, I mean, you're sad or whatever. And yeah, you know, so because I, 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 I will admit, once upon a time, I told my daughter, do not cry. Crying is a waste of time. Someone came up to me and said, you better not say that because if not, they'll, they'll not know when to cry. So fortunately, my daughter was still very young. I was very young. In the in the journey of parenthood, so yeah, I always say to my children, cry it out. Go ahead, cry it out. Cry it out. Makes you feel better. You know, I think mental health for boys and men. Very important topic, which maybe we can cover <laughs> some other time. But yeah, it's such an important. Um, it's you know, it's close to my heart. You know, um, I have uh, good friends who have who are also sensitive. And again, it's, I, I, I can't, you know, when I catch myself unable to describe a man as sensitive, I realize I have also fed into that belief that men can't be sensitive, that it is, 
shameful that it is embarrassing for men to be sensitive. Oh, take it, take, take it from me. Us men are as sensitive as they come. It's really funny, you know, the more intelligent the man is, the more successful the man is, the more insecure the man is. Okay, I mean, I've been, <laughs> I mean, being a media person for all these years, it's funny who you get scolded by for, for asking a particular question. And again, they're sensitive and they're insecure. And that's fine. I'm a TV presenter. I mean, I'm, a, in, in, I'm sensitive, insecure as they get because someone could take my job tomorrow for reasons which I can't control. I used to be the worst, but right now I've learned how to manage it a little bit better. So when you said just, when you said just now, Yasmin, oh, people say you're sensitive. I said, so what? So what you're sensitive? You're a presenter. I mean, you're a presenter of this show. If you're not a, if you're not a present if you're not sensitive, you shouldn't be a presenter. Oh, thank so, you, Ben. So there's nothing wrong with being sensitive, you know. So people always say, I mean, people in the family they always accuse me of being sensitive. I say, yeah, I'm a TV presenter. It's my job. You know, it's like Joey Tribbiani in the French show. I'm an actor. <laughs> I'm an actor. You know, you used you used to use that line a lot. So if you remember that TV show, so yeah. Of course. I mean, we're presenters. We're sensitive. When people butcher us, we're like, why are you butchering us? But over time, you learn how to cut, you learn how to measure it a little bit better. You learn how to be more mature about it and professional about it. No, absolutely. I mean, I, I have a note here on my wall that says my sensitivity is my advantage. And, and it is, you know. I'm going to borrow that. Oh, of course. Please. <laughs> I'm so happy to hear that. It is, you know, I, I think without our sensitivity with, you know, out, if people out there think, you know, if you think you're being too sensitive, the message today is that it, your sensitivity, sensitivity could be an advantage. Like, you know, whatever you experience, if it's a bit different from other people, if you feel like you're different from other people, maybe that's a good thing. Maybe... Yeah. Maybe that's a good thing. It is a good thing. It is a good thing. So, you know, I mean, and, and this goes back to accountability and admitting. I mean, I, I always encourage people out there, hey, if you're working with colleagues, just tell them, yeah, I'm sensitive. But I'm also loving. <laughs> sensitive people are usually loving. You know, you know, mm -hmm. if I'm very quiet, that's good that I'm quiet. I can listen. I've got, you know, you've got two big floppy ears. So mm -hmm. You can listen, you know. I mean... Yeah, and there's a million antidotes that we can do on this. You know, everybody's different. Uh, I, I always feel that people are too hard on the introvert and too embracing of the extrovert. Mm -hmm. I say that objectively. Okay. I wrote a paper on that about, you know, this glorification of extroverts. And it's yeah, not. Exactly. I'd love healthy. to read that paper. Please, please send it to me. Um, but yeah. So I think I think it goes back to the bottom line of respecting everybody's talents, individualities, strengths, and sensitivities, mm -hmm. and in today's age, mental health. Yes. Yes. I think we could all use a bit of tenderness in our daily lives. 100%. And not just, you know, yeah, not just aggression and yeah, just tenderness is is incredibly. Um, necessary, I think, in this, in this, in our, in our relationships, right? Um, ben, I think we've covered so many things today, and I will not take up too much more of your time. No, no, no. I'm happy to share anytime. So it's actually, I feel quite good about myself right now. So because I just, like you know, like you know, you 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 deal with people all the time, and sometimes you're dealing with people with this stubborn, fixated mindset. And then you're just like, oh my God, here we go again. You know, I have to, it's like sales, sales, sales you know, like you yes. repitch it, repitch it, repitch it. So, but it, it's okay, you know, it's what it is. And, you know, these conversations, I mean, because today is not an interview, it's a conversation. And these conversations are about sharing and sharing does make you feel good. So thank you, Yasmin, for making me feel better in terms of getting a few things off my chest. And I think that's what mental health is all about, getting stuff off your chest and, yeah, you may not resolve it there and then, but at least, hey, it's out there. You've spoken to someone about it. It's out there. The words came out of your mouth, you know? And Oh, that's, that's beautiful, place. Ben. Thank you. Yeah. yeah, no worries. No worries. I was just talking to my friend yesterday and I had to get something off my chest as well. And it was, um, and he kept 
kept quiet for half an hour while I just blabbed and blabbed and blabbed. And I thought at the end of it, I realized, you know, you're a great listener. Like you did not comment a single thing while I was saying all that. And I actually really needed that. And he goes, that's okay. And I'm like, wow. So sometimes you just need to get things off your chest without judgment, without too much, um, without someone trying to fix your issues. I think that's really key in, you know, your mental health. So, so Ben, where can our audience find your work online? Yeah, not too difficult. Um, but this, if you want to, the best way, if you want to send me a message or whatever, I'm quite an open book. Uh, you can send me at Ben Ibrahim underscore, that's Instagram. Twitter, I don't, I have, it's Ben Ibrahim underscore as well, but I don't, really i'm trying to use it a lot more but it's a bit a bit of extra hard work because i'm so used i mean linkedin people send me messages all the time on linkedin so yeah i'm there as well ben ibrahim you know um you know the, my, my profile is great people tv and athlete well-being tra um, trainer so you drop me a line there a lot of people drop me a line all the time and I'll, I'll always respond i will always respond i don't respond to the ones who like a guy who sent me a message last night hey you have the same surname as my deceased auntie can you access the bank account for me so i won't respond to that <laughs> okay i won't respond to those kind of uh, messages but if you say hey how are you nice connecting with you i'm very open yeah i mean because i'm a firm believer one conversation can lead to a wealth of opportunities whether it's a small thing or a big thing so linkedin instagram facebook um facebook my public profile uh, my personal profile i don't use it. i i do use it but I'm slow to respond. Uh, Great People TV is my channel that I do. I interview successful mm -hmm. people every week. Just, go, uh, just Google or uh, Facebook search Great People TV and you'll see a skew of interviews there. Just send me messages there. Yeah, but that's the way to find me and connect with me and to see what I'm up to. I'm trying to be, I will be honest with all of you out there, my Instagram is not as exciting as Insta famous celebrities that they're dancing or doing a TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing something crazy with my children or my wife or yeah. uh, I'm, I'm highlighting a nice photo of uh, an event that I did and I'm very proud to share it with everybody. Um, yeah, and I, I mean, I love interviewing people and hearing about their success stories. And every now and then I will do interviews like this to, you know, shout out about certain things that I've learned that has made me a better person. So I don't do it too much. Someone told me I need to do it more, but I'm not that boyo or not that narcissistic <laughs> enough to... Uh, to go looking for these things. So Yasmin, when you looked for me, yeah, was, uh, yeah, thank you so much for reaching out to me and hearing my uh, hearing my war stories. <laughs> oh, Ben, thank you so much. I mean, you were very, very, I felt very, you know, encouraged when you um, immediately responded to my request to speak, uh, to speak with you. So, you know, that was a great help yeah, for my I, little I, startup. I just, I just felt that, you know what, all these emails and LinkedIn messages is such a no disrespect. There's a bit of a waste of time, you know, like once you get that person's number, just call them, just call them. That's how I get people on great people TV. I call them. Are you going to, can you come on my show? Yes or no. Or you want to think about it. Okay. Um, you know, I mean, and I love it when people are direct with me, I do. And I think we need as a society, we need to be more direct with each other. You know, it's messages you know this and that okay it's fine we play the pushy pushy messages game but get to the point you know how can i help you you know it's that that life straightforward make it straightforward you know why 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 does it have to be so difficult it doesn't so that's why when you send me a message i called you straight away say hey how can i help thank you that was really awesome that made my day i remember running out to my mom like oh my god you know who just called me <laughs> Yeah, I was really, I was really grateful for that. And I will um, write all the links, um, you know, in the description where people can find your work online, um, all the links that you want to direct our audience to, you can oh, just give them that. to me. And yeah, and we'll do that. Thank you. Thank you. Thank, thank you so much, that. Ben. This has been such a great conversation and I'm so glad we touched on, you know, things like accountability and, you know, and that sensitivity is a good thing and there's nothing wrong with it. And no, we touched on things that really um, are important um, to me and is, you know, like key, they're key messages. Um, 
uh, by pause as well so thank you so much and we will i hope to have another conversation with you after after all the busyness of january and yeah, um, yeah. Call, call, call me anytime you know i'm quite good at returning calls so <laughs> call me anytime yeah thank you so much ben no worries Thanks you, Yasmin. You're doing, you're doing a great job here, yeah, at Pause, and you're doing a good thing. So keep it up. I know sometimes it's a bit of a drag. You do want to give up and all of the above because it's just so much work and not enough tangan to help you. But keep doing what you're doing. I mean, a lot more people need to take a pause and look at their life and, you know, just soldier on. So you're doing a great thing here. Well done. Thank you. You can find our work online on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Pause Universe. And you can read our blog and learn more about who we are at mind-pause.com.